You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach, and if you've been following along, you know that we are now in our second season of podcasting. Woohoo! Is anybody more surprised than me? I don't think so. Maybe than I. So, some organizing notes. If you're a reader, not a listener, feel free to skip the following paragraph. Okay, this podcast is now available through five platforms in addition to our website, which is lisabernbach.com. If you already have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, or Stitcher on your phone thingy or your car radio, you can listen there. If you have the inclination, please review and rate our podcast as a high rating helps get the attention of the algorithms and the robots that make podcasts popular. They could be in Russia or in Chechen. I don't know. Actually, I really don't know. If you have already done so, many, many thanks. In the last year, we have really grown enormously. Now people ask to join the podcast, which is always a good sign. We've had people in the news like E. Jean Carroll, authors like Lori Gottlieb, William Cohen, Lisa Grunwald, Andrew Friedman, Alexandra Styron, and Meg Wolitzer, entertainers like Jamie Lee Curtis, Elliot Forrest, and Carolyn Ray, and activists like Shannon Watts. How great is that? And let me tell you, in the weeks coming up, we have booked some really major guests. So this thing is only on the up and up. It's been bracing and at times exhilarating. The weekly blog and pog began by forcing me to find the positive in weeks that had felt like anything but. But now it's a pleasant exercise. It's much easier to locate my optimism, even when Mercury is in retrograde. By the way, when does that end? Could someone tell me? Okay, it wasn't that easy. I lied. But it's been helpful to me, and I'm hearing that it's been helpful to you, which is actually the point of doing this in public. Please get in touch with me when you have a question or comment that you want to explore further. Okay, business concluded. Blog beginning. I just returned from 10 days of helping Exhibit A and his little family colonize the West Coast. I mean, they're colonizing themselves, not all of the West Coast. And yes, my arms are tired. The unpacking, the smushing together of cardboard boxes, the hoisting the boxes and getting them to the bins behind the building. And now so many of my kids will live far away from me. If you're counting, I only have one exhibit left on this coast. What made the experience even more intense was the actual fact of two significant earthquakes on day one and two. It's kind of a sign, right? You move to L.A. and your world is literally rocked. As my mother said, are you earthquake lovers? Come home. But there they will stay. My son's baby will become some kind of California kid. He'll probably say the word dude and surf and will think of me as insanely pale and helpless. Nevertheless, there are some great things about this week without them. And one of them is this week's guest, a friend from Southern California named Lori Burroughs Grad, the longtime food writer and now grief blogger. There is such a thing. Okay, on to my five things. Number one. 
I got to spend a lot of time around this little guy. You can see his picture on my blog at lisabernbach.com. We have a special song, and after about the 40th time I sang it, apologies to my daughter-in-law, he would burst into a giant smile when I started singing it. So that was worth everything. Number two, the feeling of total competence I derived from being helpful. I got what was needed. I was productive. I focused on the job. I really did. I didn't do anything else while I was in Los Angeles other than buy things for the house, crush cardboard boxes, hoist said boxes into the bin, and put things away. Number three, driving in Los Angeles. I actually enjoyed it this time, especially because the first 25 years I spent in Los Angeles as a visitor and a worker, I couldn't and didn't drive. But now I found I didn't even need the GPS as much as I thought I would. And I got used to the idea of, well, extended visits, which I guess I'll have to do. Number four, the Impossible Burger. Have you heard of it? It's considered the ultimate non-meat burger. Now, if you don't eat one alongside an actual meat hamburger, it tastes fantastic, especially if you load up your bun with cheese. Well, anything tastes good with cheese and lettuce and tomato and so on. But there are a number of veggie burgers and um, soy and seitan. I don't know what they are, but they're good. You get used to them, and it's much better for the planet and much better for your health. And number five this week, the Wimbledon men's final. I think a lot of you saw this match. It was the longest match in Wimbledon history, the longest final match anyway. There was a tie break in the fifth set at 12 games to 12. I've never heard of that. It was Roger Federer versus Novak Djokovic, who is, after all, considered the number one player in the world. The sport of tennis delights me. The rigor of the athletes impresses me. It was a heart-stopping match at either time. Either one had the championship in their racket, but it went on and on. It was fantastic. And now, speaking of fantastic, here is Lori Burroughs' grad. Lori Burroughs' grad was best known as the author of the Make It Easy cookbooks, a whole bunch of them. Very good ones, very good for a beginner like myself. And she was the chef on our magazine with Gary Collins for a long time. And then this woman who had the greatest marriage, seriously, I, not hyperbole, the greatest marriage, 47 years with her husband, Peter Grad, whom I knew from the television business, found her life unexpectedly changed forever when Peter died of a heart attack four summers ago on vacation. And Lori has picked up the pieces by becoming a writer on a new subject, not food, but grief. Her book is called The Joke's Over, You Can Come Back Now, How This Widow Plowed Through Grief and Survived. It's available on Amazon. And Lori joins us today from Los Angeles. Good morning. 
Good morning, Lise. I have to say that you were one of the people who encouraged me to write. And when I first put my blog out, Demoted to Lunch, you were there to help me. So I thank you for that. Well, you are more than welcome. The writing did absolutely give you a new purpose and did absolutely, I saw it with my, my own eyes and heart, it did restore some of your confidence and your desire to, frankly, to live. Yes, there's no question. Uh, Writing was my salvation. It was the way I could express myself, the way I could um, get through the pain of grief. And, And writing does help. Not only does it help, but when you look back, if you journalize, when you look back, I, of course, journalized very loudly on Facebook. Right. But... When you journalize and you go back like a month or two, you can see your progress, which is a really interesting way of saying, oh, my God, I wasn't as disgusting. Uh, I'm not as disgusting now. Look at me two months ago. Right. And and, uh, uh, I will just say that you had feelings of helplessness at -hmm. first. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. Who am I going to talk to? And you have gone plowed through those, and you moved. You've you've changed your life. I did. And, I did. And and but yet slowly. you and yes. and not you know not in any crazy way, but in in a way that um, was measured, and you thought about, and you thought about how Peter would feel about. Mm-hmm. Right and not traits that that you've known me for. Patience has never been a virtue or in my vocabulary. No. And I just wrote a piece called "What Do We Want Patience? When Do We Want It Now?" Yeah, and you kind of want to fast forward. You want to get back to the good parts, but you can't. You can't. You're well, crippled. You're doing. Yeah. You're doing great. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, which is on your list, but is is important to me, is grandparenting because you were my first friend to be a grandma and you have you have made grandparenting into an art and I have to say (laughs) I don't know that I'll ever be the grandma that you are but can you talk to us about the difference between being a grandparent and a parent because you know my exhibit E is just you know, a little blob right now, and I don't know what it'll feel like. Well, it is true that grandparents and grandkids have a common enemy, the parents. Mm-hmm. So That's what they we, say. We can collude. We can, I can give them all the sugar they want. <laughs> right. I can do whatever they want. I can indulge them in a way I never could my kids because I always had the guilt. And it is the best. And I sometimes, when Peter and I used to take the kids out or really enjoy something, I would say, let me take a picture of this moment. Mm -hmm. Let me remember this moment because you get like goosebumps. It's so good. And 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 that's nice because I have those pictures in my head and I cherish those moments. Tell me, though, besides the common enemy, you know, you got to be your your grandchildren live near you or in the same yes. city, and yes. you got to do a lot of things that a lot of grandparents don't have the chance to do. For example, right. you would pick the kids up 
from school and have yes. play dates regularly. I had every Tuesday I would pick up Lucas or Georgia or both, and, and it was the best, and take them for ice cream and take them <laughs> for treats uh-huh. and and just enjoy our days. I, I even got to take them bowling. Who knew bowling was so expensive, by uh, the way? Oh, yeah, P.S. Bowling is off the charts. I, I don't I know why people bowl, because it's expensive and it's loud. Oh, my God. Two things I hate. disgusting. Yeah, that but, too. But we would do that. We would go down to the pier. We would go on the rides. All the things I, I used to hate with my own kid, I loved with my grandkids. <laughs> okay. okay, so tell me why it's more fun with a grandchild than with a child. That's what the, I really need to know. The indulgence. I mean, the sheer indulgence. You want this? Sure. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to say, should I do this? Is it good for his personality? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I can do whatever I want. And and then you got to make friends at the school, right? I did. We had a grandparents association. We we got to read to the children once a year. There was a library day, and the grandparents would come and. And instead of just reading, I I baked brownies for them, and I got so many, you should pardon the expression, brownie points, because <laughs> it was unbelievable. Georgia was smiling from ear to ear because I was baking all these brownies for her class. Now, tell and me it, the truth. Did you mm-hmm. try to be the best reader in addition to baking the brownies? I mean, how competitive, I mean, the competitive competition thing. competition you take to an art form. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Were there any actors or actresses amongst the grandparents in no, her class? Not among, not among the grandparents. Because when when Exhibit A was in um, lower school in New York, right. I uh, I did library every week, so I would read to the boys every week. But then an actress's a a, a, a boy came into the school who was the son of an actor and an actress. Mm-hmm. And she, the mother, started to come in, and I realized I did not have the training to be <laughs> the best reader, and it really bummed me out. I know, and sometimes I would um, alternate. There'd be another grandparent at grandparent reading, and you had to best them. Yeah, definitely. So There's no with, question. With my grandson, what we ended up doing was... Um, we actually did, Peter had, uh, his favorite moment was when Bobby Thompson hit the home run that won the pennant for the Giants. The Giants right. win the pennant. It's a famous story. And we actually got a clip of it. We, oh. we went to great lengths. <laughs> we sent clips. It was fabulous. And the and kids then loved it. You probably we almost baked. handed out baseball mitts, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, not to, not to compete, but you almost got signed baseballs for yes. all the kids and right, baked right, baseball right. shaped cookies right. and yeah yeah right, no you right. had you guys you guys really were the definition and also what's interesting is the number one question people have asked me since this baby has been born is what's your grandma name I know and I didn't know that was such a thing but you and Peter were the first people I knew who weren't grandma and grandpa no, I never wanted to be Nana or Grandma. It it just what about didn't Bubby? Roll off the t- <laughs> what about <laughs> <laughs> Bubby was not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but but 
uh, I decided that Lori was close to Lala, and Lola in the Philippines, I think, means grandmother. So I decided to be Lala, and I went to to my grandson, and I went, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter uh, would always, he would pick up Lucas. He was, But when Lucas was little, he said, he called him Luke the Duke. And one day, uh, Lucas looked at him and went, you, Duke. And so we were Lala and Duke, or Duke and Lala. Lala and Duke. It sounds like a bad act in a Reno <laughs> cocktail lounge, but it was so great. And also, Peter. Vaudeville. Also, yeah, vaudeville. And also, Peter was the Duke. I mean, he, he was, was a cool guy. Duke. He was just missing a pinky I mean, ring, but Duke other than that, the best grandparent name I've ever heard. Yeah, Duke is Duke. very good for all of you yeah. out there looking for a new grandpa name, <laughs> Duke. Pop up, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, gramps, grampy, but Duke is cool. So, Lisa, what are you going to be called? Well, from early reports, it looks like I'm going to be, and this is like a page from your book, it looks like I'm going to be Lulu, which is Filipino for crazy person. No, (laughs) I don't know. You could be Lily. Yeah, I think the die is cast. I think it's Lulu. There was a, a, a brief suggestion. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Lulu. <laughs> I'm Lulu. Um, um, Lulu and Lala. This Lulu and Lala. Yeah. Tinky Winky. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is this kind of thing. And um, you probably saw me doing it with the baby where my voice got very high and I suddenly didn't recognize myself. <gasps> oh, coo, 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 coo. <laughs> you know, I, it just came out of me. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. When do you start talking like an adult to your grandchild? Or or treating your... When they're about 12. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's when I start to say, you could spend a summer in New York. It wouldn't kill (laughs) you. I know. Oh, the guilt. The guilt. Well, my Uh, grandson at 16 is still sweet and great. He is a nice... Oh, we love him. We love him. My granddaughter is great, and I just got a letter camp that was hysterical. It's so I love funny. the camp letters where they say, I have to write this or I can't eat dinner. <laughs> have you ever gotten one of those? And she and I both hated hiking. So <laughs> she always tells me she hates hiking and her sneakers get ruined. But she likes camp. She really does. Uh, your granddaughter is a very camp kind of girl because she has yeah. her own clique. Oh, she does. She's kind of she's kind of the ringleader. Yep. Yeah. Which is cool. So so it it becomes and also didn't you uh, teach yourself to knit so you could knit stuff for them? I did. I knitted them a sweater. It. (laughs) I'm blankets. I I could get any money for it on Poshmark. Let's put it that way. Well, it may have been a reject on, on Etsy. Oh, no, how funny. I, I made them blankets. Blankets you, are easier and, and soft and great. And if I know a new baby's coming, I'll, I'll make a baby blanket. No, but you, you have, I mean, you, you learn new crafts in addition to I cooking did. for them. Was it important for you to teach them about new foods as opposed to all the kids who just eat chicken nuggets and, and noodles with butter? Or you was know, that I not tried. your job? I tried very hard, and so did my son, who, who really likes food uh, the way I do. We revere food. We, we, that's our, we're 
It's uh, your the religion. God of yeah. food is our our savior. Um, but we we both tried, and they were both fussy eaters. And then they suddenly outgrew it. And I take them to Italy, and we're in heaven. We come home and make bolognese. That this is what makes them happy. They, they love like to good cook food. with you. They do. Wow. They do. Wow. They, do. they like good food and. And my favorite thing to do is to go for sushi with my grandson. He just adores it. And the more and, exotic, the better? Yes. He eats things that I don't eat. Does he things eat? Things that move. Oh, he does? Wow. <laughs> no. Does he eat puffer fish? <laughs> no. no. But he, he does eat... Um, um, squid, what, like what, raw squid and stuff? Yeah. You know, I, I can't. I can't. Okay. Um, would you, by the way, give us a recipe that you make sure. with them to put on our our blog to accompany yes, this? Okay. I will, and I can tell you a recipe very quickly, okay. which is my go-to recipe, which I actually put in my grief book, because it, uh, part of getting over my grief was to cook, because people didn't necessarily ask me to dinner. Uh, my, my blog was demoted to lunch. They said, let me take you to right. lunch. So right. I decided I would teach them by asking them to dinner. Ah. And then they took me out to dinner after. So I make a roast chicken. I've taught it to you, Lise. You yes. know about this. Yes, I do. Where you have the butcher butterfly, meaning he takes out the backbone and flattens the chicken so it's flat. And you put some roast potato, some roasting potatoes, little baby potatoes, some peeled shallots or onions, some carrots, whatever vegetable you want around and you put uh, olive oil on it, salt and pepper. You can brush it with a little balsamic glaze, and you might put a lemon on the bottom of the chicken for extra flavor, and you roast it at 500 degrees, 500, yeah. for 50 minutes, 50 minutes, and it is perfection. It is the, perfection. The kids love it. And you can marinate it if you want in tarragon, garlic, and lemon peel for a day or two before. <clears throat> it's really perfection. And you have a, a, a whole meal because you have your side dish right there. Exactly. It's By a one-pot dinner. Did you ever think that I would be a confident roaster of chicken? Seriously. Never. Never. But this is no fail. Yeah. But would you tell the people... <laughs> Would you tell the people? Because they don't know this side of me. Well, one of my friends used to make gray veal, so I can't include her in this. Right. But you were not interested in cooking. Correct. And then all of a sudden, you began to have some success, and I think you got more interested. I was not interested in cooking. I was raised in a family of non-cooks, mm -hmm. and when I started to cook, my mother said, I didn't teach you that. And when I, by the way, when I order a salad with my mother for lunch and she has as her entree uh, an ice cream sundae, she'll say, <laughs> why are you eating that? But okay, that's a whole other thing. But I know I used to call you and say, I think this is a roast beef. What do I do with it? <laughs> my mother was a very good cook. And my father was a cook out of uh, writer's block. Oh, Instead of writing, he would start cooking. So. I didn't know that. Your dad yes. cooked. Oh, wow. Yes. He liked to cook a lot, 
because he didn't want to face the page. <laughs> That's so he would cook. Wow, very, yeah. very interesting. And yes. your dad, of course, was Abe Burroughs, the great yes. playwright and director and lyricist. Yes, of God, uh, you may... director and writer, director, director and writer. You right. may have heard Frank of Frank Lesser was oh the lyricist. The lyricist. Yes, you might yes. have heard of a show called mm, Guys and Guys Dolls. And dolls. <laughs> Ever heard How to of succeed. it? How to succeed yeah. in business? Cactus right. Flower, not a musical. He won the as my father used to call it the Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't win a Pulitzer. No, he won a Pulitzer. <laughs> well, he was robbed. Yeah, he did. He did win a Pulitzer for How to Succeed. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, I, I just mean, got I, chills. Where yeah. is that Pulitzer Prize today? Uh, at NYU? Uh, Lincoln Center. Oh, at Lincoln There's Center. an archive of his work. So. Wow. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lore, let's get to your five things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first thing was moving to a condo because I had this big house. Uh, which I lived in for three years after Peter died. And uh, Lisa came out to visit, <laughs> and the sewer backed up well. twice. And and I thought, this is Peter telling me, get out of Dodge, sell this house, get out of here. Well, let's also um, say you only used three rooms of that big house. It was a huge it was, house. It was it like 4,000 square feet and, and it three was great. levels. My knees were hurting. And so I said, I got to sell it, and I sold it, and I moved into this great condo, which is around the corner, so it's in the same hood. So you can use all your same resources, all your same drugstores yes, and everything. Exactly, and I don't have the hassle. When something breaks, I call the front desk, and I call it assisted living because they <laughs> assist me. <laughs> so, Plus, <laughs> excuse yeah, me. They Plus, funny. The other day, when I was driving out, I saw all your neighbors with their attendants. I didn't realize how how quite senior your neighbors were. My my neighbors are so senior that my friend Janet Hirsch, who is also a friend of you, said you will be the one in the condo unit who can open the jars. Yes, that's true. They go to you, their young friend. <laughs> No, no, and there it's are a beautiful a younger people. And it's a beautiful space and oh, it's it's, it's very cheerful. It is. And and no gardener cost, no no pool, pool, right. No toilet problems, nothing. And when packages come, I never worry about them being on the outside. Oh, right. They bring them to my door. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's and great. the security in that complex oh, is very good. Very oh. good. You have to you know, show your passport. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So number, yeah. so, okay. That number was one. a big, and that was a big step after, after all those it's years. A how long, difficult step. how long yeah. had you lived in, in the house? Almost 40 years. Yeah. Big, yeah. a big step. Number two. The grandkids. Yeah. Which we have discussed. Number three is writing. And I did discuss it uh, yeah. before, but writing is, is when I feel anxious, I can write about it. And somehow from my head to my fingers <laughs> to the computer, it gets out. It, it gets it out of you. And you feel like you've unloaded a weight. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, it's amazing I, course, how you learn about yourself from writing. You yeah. you write and you think, oh, I didn't realize I felt that way. And then I get letters from widows all over the globe, and and that in itself, um, there's got to be some kind of benefit to the stuff I've been going through. And uh, getting these letters, I'm, I'm looking for a letter to, to try. It, it just says, keep writing, because we can't express ourselves, but you can, and you make it valid the, uh, the... that being a widow is, keep doing what you do, uh, and and they and they encourage me to do it. And it's well, the uplift so, from doing a good turn for someone is yeah. inestimable, isn't it? It is. It is part of my path to restoration. It yep. is part of my way by by helping others. You're helping yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always say, "Who helps whom?" You know. Yeah. Yeah. That feedback is is one of the reasons I do this podcast, because people seem to like it. Yeah, I just got a note. Please accept my thanks for giving me and countless other widows a glimmer of hope for reaching a brighter day. Aww. Maybe not today, but someday. That's wonderful. And you yeah. and look, Lori, you felt that way at the beginning. I did. You and really did. And all I wanted was some kind of hope. I wanted some kind of hope and and. About four months out, Peter died in August. Um, I can't believe it's four years. Yeah. And, and on in November, I went to an event, and I bumped into Sheryl Sandberg. And she kindly said to me, you may not believe it now, but I'm eight months out, and I'm okay. You will be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that hope was what kept me going. Just this little bit of hope. Yep. To know others have made it. Right. So, right. Yeah. And yeah. number four? Four is cooking. Um, I, <laughs> when I was 20 years old, or 23, I went to the Y, and they said, I took a career consciousness-raising class with a woman named Janice LaRouche, who was very pro-feminist, at the Y in New huh. York. And they said, what do you want to do during the day? And I said, saute, braise, poach. <laughs> she said, you think there's a, a pattern here? So I went to a local paper, I think it was called the East Side Express, and worked my way up to the Village Voice. And I was writing, uh, you know, you just go and you don't threaten someone. You just say, what do you do during the day? And maybe I could write a restaurant review and blah, blah, blah. And I did. Huh. And I moved my career along, and I ended up writing four cookbooks and, and being on a regular television show and having my own show on TLC. So it, it all worked out. And cooking, again, was my way to have people over. The other day, though, I had people over, and I set the table for six. You know, sometimes you just oh. forget. Yeah, that, oh. that was a pressure. And I used to fall to the floor in hysterics, but now I just kind of laughed, and I thought, well, maybe I'll set an extra plate for Elijah. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You had two couples over, and yeah. you set the table no for six. No longer a couple, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. right. Yeah. But you're very yeah. strong, and you're getting happier and calmer and yeah. 
and yeah. and more, what is it, self-actualized by the day. Yeah. And the other thing, my fifth thing, is walking. I must walk. Um, walking clears your head. Walking is great. Uh, I have a walking partner uh, who had a, a little health crisis, so I was walking by myself. I bought myself some Power Beats, and I listened to Audible books. Mm-hmm because the news would outrage me while I was walking. So, <laughs> so I'm now listening to Trevor Noah read his book, Born a Crime. It's fantastic. Oh, people say it is a oh. great book. And he reads it so well. Oh, He reads wow. it so well. Michelle Obama's book was fantastic, the way she read it. And so I listened to biographies, and it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And, and you don't even know you're walking. You just keep walking and your heart starts moving, and your body starts moving, and, um, and it just clears your head. I think walking is important, and how, exercise. How, um, how many steps, when you do your walk, your regular route mm-hmm. with Kathy, how many steps do you usually go? We can go like six or 7,000. But that's not, about... the, that's not bad, and that's... No. And that's after her hip replacement. But, but that's also it, not the end of your walking in the day. That's your pre-day walk. I walk around this apartment, and I constantly keep my phone with me because I'm obsessed with the steps. You know, some guy, some guy, who, who was it? We'll make him up. Louie invented the fact that you had to walk 10,000 steps. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's tell Louie to shove it. Yeah, tell Louie to shove it, but but it is good to do three miles a day, even if you're just marching around quietly, you know, it's good. Well, and and uh, you and I took a walk in a mall recently, yes. and it wasn't like we were two old biddies taking a walk. I mean, it was, I think we, we hit 6,000 steps just we sort of did. I, walking to the dressing room. in Century City that is fantastic. And by the time I've gone to Italy and done my shopping and walked around and, and looked Sweet at greens and, and, and right. great. It yeah. is. 6,000 steps. You can have to, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, Lori, it's been a treat talking to you. And, it's always a treat talking to you, Lise. And um, I love you, and I'm happy you. that we got to do this. And again, Lori's book is called The Joke is Over, You Can Come Out Now. And mm-hmm. it is available wherever books are sold online. <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon. It is on Amazon. Basically. Hey, it's Prime Day. Maybe it's on sale. Who hey, knows? it's Prime Day. <laughs> Buy it now. Buy it this second. Lori Burroughs grad. Thank Thanks, you again. Please. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and Google Play. Google Play? Is that the whole name of that thing? I guess so. And you can also subscribe on my webpage, lisabernbach.com. It's been a pleasure talking to you, but I want you to stay cool. And that's in order because it's going up to the high 90s this week in many parts of the country. So stay cool and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers.